When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And I appreciate you guys being here. Truly, 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 truly. I am going to be on the road and you guys can come see me live. Come see me live. It's a great fucking time. The end of October, which is a week from this weekend, October 28th and 29th, I will be in Royersford, Pennsylvania at Soul Joel's with my girl Carly Aquilino, the 28th and 29th at Soul Joel's in Royersford, Pennsylvania. It's a tough one to get out of the mouth. November 4th, 5th, first weekend of November, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, I'm going to be in Arizona at the House of Comedy with my girl Kalia McNeil. A blast. Such a great time. Come check us out. That's a House of Comedy in technically Scottsdale, kind of Phoenix. Come check it out, House of Comedy, with myself and Kalia, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. November 11th and 12th, I will be in New Hampshire at Cisco's Brewery. Tough word to say, brewery. Jim Brewery. He should have a brewery. The Jim Brewer Brewer. Somebody let him know. Let him know that it came from me. Maybe somebody else has already said it. I doubt it. <laughs> that, sh- that show is going to be with Carly and I at Cisco's Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, November 11th and 12th. Carly and I are wrapping up our girl tour November 18th and 19th at the Zanies Comedy Club in Chicago. Zanies is a world famous, legendary comedy club. We're so excited to be there. We're going to be in the Chicago and the Rosemont location. That's November 18th and 19th. I may have a date in Albany the last week in November. I'm waiting to hear back on that contract. I will be at the Comedy Comedy on the Carlson in Rochester, New York, December 16th and 17th, and wrapping up the second annual New Year's Eve celebration at the Funny Bone in my hometown of Syracuse, New York. You can come see me, wrap up the year with me, wrap up 2022 with me at Syracuse Funny Bone, December 30th and 31st. It's going to be such a fun show. We're going to have a lot of different performers and it's not going to be your standard comedy show. It's going to be more like a circus, just a fun celebration, a way to wrap up the year together. So those are where you can see me live. My dates will be on my website, jessiemay.com. And as always, if you'd like to watch this episode, you can do that right on over at my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Peluso. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for the podcast, you can shove those right up your ass. No, email us, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. And if you guys have questions for Dr. Peluso, this is not a Dr. Peluso episode. But as you know, we do do those. I said do do often. You can email us as well or check out my Instagram page on Sundays to Mondays on my IG story and you can submit your question there. Appreciate you guys so much. If you have time, would it be unreasonable to ask you to go over and leave a review about the podcast right on the iTunes app? Let us know how you enjoy it, when you're watching it, where you're listening to it, and what you're doing when you're listening to it. I want all the details. And speaking of details, I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode of the Sharp Tongue Podcast, where we get into a topic I think we could all benefit from. And this week we talk about how to learn to love yourself more. We all could use a little bit of help and I give you some tips at the end of the podcast on how to do that. So make sure you listen and hang in and listen to those tips at the end. And I love you guys so much. So without further ado, here's me on how to learn to love yourself. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. It's a personal... Look, well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, 
comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Well, hello. I am applying lip gloss for a podcast. You know, I was thinking about back when I first started this podcast, I want to say it was, the year was 1892. It was, uh, it was a while ago. Um, I, it was three apartments ago in, in LA and I was really not pressured, but all the clients that my agent had, everyone had a podcast. So it kind of was just something you were told to do. And it has taken on many different faces, let's say, because essentially it has become a reflection of my mind. All the things I love, you know, we've done horror movie companion episodes. We've done interviews with doctors and authors and various people who interest me. We've also done road diaries and interviews with my comedy friends and family members. So it's really just been a reflection of my life. And that's been the theme. It's my life as a podcast. And I've always felt this like external pressure to create a niche style podcast. And I think that's why I sort of branched out and did Hilarious as uh, one season and why I've also partnered up with Carly Aquilino and Mike Tully to do our, our Patreon podcast, which will be available next year on Apple and iTunes, Apple iTunes, whatever, however you want to call it. The other platforms where podcasts are listened to. So I've sort of satisfied have having a desire to create a more focused podcast And, you know, there's been a part of me that's always kind of wished that this one was directional instead of multi-directional, multifaceted. But then I don't think I would have discovered the Grief Survival Guide miniseries. I don't think I would have discovered half of the people who've interested me that I've been fortunate enough to interview. I think subsequently having no direction or one focus for the podcast has opened up so many avenues for myself and and for my listeners. For you guys listening, you've had a multitude of subjects and guests to chomp on and, and consume in your own way. And I think that inadvertently brings me a, a, a wide variety of fans. And it's evident in when I'm touring and people come out to the show, it's such a wide, vast audience. There's so many different types of people, old, young, and from many different socioeconomic backgrounds and cultural backgrounds. So I guess I'm saying all this to say that I'm glad that I did the podcast the way I've done it. And I have way too much eyeshadow on. (laughs) (laughs) Just got to look at myself way too much eyeshadow. This is what happens when you have poor lighting in your bathroom. Like I, I first of all, if I were to call this podcast anything, it would be Jesse May's ADD. And I feel like I could change it to that and we still would understand what what the assignment is and I think I understood the assignment from the beginning. But people with ADD, anybody out there, shout out to all my ads. We are light sensitive, photosensitive. So the lighting in my place in all of my places has always been very low lighting. I don't like bathroom lighting. I don't know why or who or how we've co-signed on bathroom lighting being similar to that of a morgue. Why is that the choice? Have you ever walked into somebody's house and they have fluorescent lighting? Are you dissecting things? Do you accept patients? What is going on in your kitchen that you have fluorescent lighting? What are you slicing up is what I need to know. I need to see your cutlery and I need to see inside your fridge. 
because this lighting is jarring and it feels criminal. It feels like the beginning of a new Netflix docuseries that I am the center of and I'm not going to survive and I don't like it and I don't appreciate it. Get some soft bulbs in the kitchen. Okay, Bethany? Probably wouldn't be a Bethany. It'd be like a Gerald. Women murder differently. We murder you emotionally. (laughs) Speaking of murder, it's horror season. Yes, it is. It is horror season. I'm so excited about it. It's my favorite time of year. I know I'm a little late to the game when it comes to talking about it. We should have talked, started to talk about it 10, 10 episodes ago. But hey, better late than never. I have consciously pulled back on watching horror films. I'm also on my third Monday of zero alcohol. And when I tell you it's difficult, it's difficult. We'll get into it in a little bit. But I wanted to talk about horror season because it's my favorite. It's my favorite. I fucking love it. If you know me, you know I love it. And we're going to do a horror companion episode, which essentially will be the audio of BAM. So we're going to do a BAM episode this weekend, which I'm very, very excited about. So I'm going to put um, a suggestion up on my Instagram story and you guys tell me movies you would like to watch along with me and I'll pick one. We already have a couple suggestions and they're okay, but I'm looking for the one and we haven't found the one yet. So and if you also have suggestions for movies, you want to email them to me, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com or you can at me on Twitter or slide into my DMs on Instagram as well. But I say all that to say, we're going to get back to the alcohol in a little bit. I have pulled back from watching horror because I am on this path of evolution and path of growth and path of real healing. I've done some really, really deep healing these past few weeks and leading up to my birthday, my 40th birthday and after my birthday, I have experienced exceptional growth and changes in myself that are very evident and old ways not working anymore and me breaking habits and patterns and adjusting everything. It's been a very pivotal season for me. Horror season's been very pivotal. So in that uh, in that plight, I am mindful of my diet. And your diet isn't just what you put in your mouth. It's it's what you consume for your mind, your body, your soul. It's, it's who you hang out with. It's the movies you watch. It's the podcasts you listen to. It's the food you eat. Your diet includes everything that you consume, not just what food you're consuming. So I've been really mindful of that and, and aware of the fact that I think a lot of the times, although horror is such a fun genre and I do think it is pure entertainment. And I think it falls under the the ideology of benign masochism where we consume and eat and do things that are dangerous but safe so we can sort of have a little bit of brush with danger because it sort of satiates that part of our human spirit that has a desire to conquer and for some reason in our lineage as human beings, we want to go to battle and almost die. (laughs) So there's a lot of benign masochism in our lives that we expose ourselves to, to satiate this desire. Even hot sauce, hot sauce is considered a benign masochism and watching horror movies because you sort of get to live out these gorish and gruesome fantasies and survive them. It's kind of fun. It's like a ride because you know, you're going to survive in the end. So there is an entertainment and purpose to it all, but we can't negate the fact that it does affect you and it affects your diet. I'm sure some of you out there have watched horror movies and you haven't been able to go to sleep. We have fucking nightmares and, you know, it can it can ruin your fucking night. But that's like, I mean, that's a good horror movie that just sticks with you. And I'm not saying I'm not going to watch horror movies. They're my favorite. I'm stating that I'm aware of their effect and I'm aware of their benefit as well. It's all about balance and I'm coming into a more balanced place in my life. So 
maybe that's why I haven't talked about horror season to this moment yet, October 18th that it is. And it doesn't mean that I haven't watched a few and I've watched a couple and I wanted to tell you guys about them. One was Goodnight Mommy, which I think is a remake. It's out on, I believe, Netflix right now with Naomi Watts and twins that are terrifying, just terrifying twins and Naomi Watts, who I will say, if you look at Naomi Watts' career, she has chosen some very, very good films. The Ring, first of all, fucking iconic. And she also chooses films that depict real life. She depicts... Uh, movies that depict like people going through real struggle, like The Impossible with Ewan McGregor, which was a movie about a family that got separated by the tsunami and caught in the fucking tsunami in Thailand. She also did a movie called, uh, it was about, it was about this magpie bird that this woman who had become paralyzed befriended. And it's a true story. It's based on a true story. So she, she tends to pick really great horror movies and also movies in scripts that are based on true stories about people who've experienced real struggle. I love her career. That's what I'm saying. Watched Good Night, Good Night Mommy. Wasn't let down. Was not let down. Thought it was a really interesting take on a life experience that we all have without giving away too much. So check it out. I also watched, <laughs> which I think we should do as BAM, which if you're listening and you're like, she said, bam, what the fuck does that mean? It's bong and movie. It's a series that I haven't done in a while, much like Weeds Day in my path of healing. You know, I think I've sort of put Weeds Day and bam on hold because they were birthed in a time where I was grieving and going through loss and I associated them with that. So I had to take a step away to heal and to re reassess what types of what things I wanted to spend my time doing and the benefit of it all. So we are going to bring Bam back, but I do think this movie is Bam worthy. It's called (laughs) Velocipastor. (laughs) And that's all you need to know. It is a low budget movie. I think it was made for like $32. It was something like under 40 grand. And it's honestly kind of impressive what you can do with 40 grand. All I'm going to say is go in with no expectations. And the only expectation you should have is to have some fucking fun. So if you're going to watch Velocipastor, expect to have some fun with no expectations. Another movie that's not a horror movie, but we were talking about it recently with my neighbor is Unhinged, which is a movie with Russell Crowe and road rage. That's all you need to know. And if you just step back and think about those two things, it's basically just a movie about Russell (laughs) Crowe. And my neighbor was reading the comments from this app and site called Letterboxd, which is a movie review and uh, just sort of like a, a place where people can leave comments about the movies you have to read the comments underneath Unhinged. And I would be really interested to read the comments under Velocipastor as well. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. Let me see if I can just pull it up real quick because it is ridiculous. Velocipastor, honestly, I I was so moved by it that I had to re- reach out to the director who, you know, honestly, um, really went above and be- beyond... <laughs> with this movie. I don't, you know, some movies you just know are born out of someone being completely stoned and I could be wrong, but I'll read you the, the plot of Velocipastor directed by Brendan Steer. Shout out to Brendan. After losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first horrified by this new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime and ninjas. Do you need to know any more? Do you need more information? I think you got everything you need. Here's a couple comments on Letterboxd. Brendan Steer could make The Irishman, but Martin Scorsese couldn't make The Velocipastor. Solid point. First reformed walk so The Velocipastor could run. Um, 
I, I don't know if I've seen Reformed. I'm going to have to see Reformed. Uh, they say we haven't had a good dinosaur film since Jurassic Park. Those days are over. <laughs> Here's another comment about Velocipaster. My new roommate did not think it was funny. I am literally heartbroken. You have to watch this movie. It is absolutely asinine. It's just so fucking delightful. Expect just to have a good time. Okay, and check out Letterboxd. It's severely delightful to read people's reviews of movies. Let's let's check Unhinged because it, some of you may have seen Unhinged already. It's been out for a little bit, but it still is a necessary, I think, necessary add to the movie list. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. And 2022, here we go for the breakdown. A divorced mother honks impatiently at a deranged middle-aged stranger at a red light while running late on her way to work. His road rage escalates to horrifyingly psychotic proportions as he begins single-mindedly determined, as he becomes single-mindedly determined to teach her a deadly lesson for provoking him. (laughs) Here's a couple reviews. The lane was open. (laughs) Just drive around him. (laughs) An enjoyable fly-on-the-wall documentary that provides a fascinating insight to the life of Russell (laughs) Crowe. Someone said he can happen to anyone, which is so true this type of Russell Crowe could happen to any of us. So really it's a documentary. It's a documentary. What happens when Russell Crowe doesn't get a sandwich. And really it's a documentary. What happens when most women aren't fed. So there's some movies, check them out. There's, you know, it's Halloween season. I just rewatched, um, Halloween kills because I'm preparing for Halloween ends. Well, actually just ends because Halloween ends is a movie. And, I I'm pumped. I have to say that these, the trilogy that has been directed by, let's see, I have to see what this director's name is that my neighbor also informed me of David Gordon green. So David Gordon green kind of took over the Halloween franchise. Okay. And he did Halloween kills. He did Halloween ends and now he's doing ends. So look, there's there is entertainment value in these movies i it to me it's like a legacy thing because i grew up watching those movies and it's such a connection to my father so i'll never give it up i really will never give it up i'm more mindful of of what and when i watch these movies so i've been watching them during the day a little bit i've also been you know with friends i just rewatched hereditary with my neighbors and we were all together so you know there's a safe there's a safe space (laughs) Things have really changed when I need to be mindful of when to watch horror films. Oh my gosh. So we will schedule a BAM. Send me your suggestions. I want to hear what horror movies you want to watch with me. Jesse May Peluso comedy at Gmail. Let's see what else. I did a few shows this weekend. I did, um, I was at the comedy store on Friday and then the improv. And in between, I had a little bit of time. Now, the Comedy Store, Laugh Factory, and The Improv are all, it's a triangle um, in in Los Angeles, in Hollywood. You know, you could drive from the Comedy Store to Laugh Factory down to Improv, and that's uh, basically the comedy triangle of clubs in the city. And I had a little bit of time in between my my Comedy Store set and my Improv set. So I I thought, well, I'm going to take myself to a dinner. Because I love to go to movies alone once in a while, and I love to eat alone once in a while. It's something I've always done since I can remember. When I was living back in New York City, I would do you know dinner and a movie with myself. And it, that brings me kind of to the topic of today's episodes. Today's episodes. I mean, I'm having multiple episodes emotionally, but just this one podcast episode. <laughs> Our theme today is five ways to learn how to love yourself. And it's basically a self-care map on ways that you can, for for ways that you can integrate into your regimen to help learn to love yourself, really to integrate some new habits. And 
I would always go to dinner and a movie. And to me, whining and dining myself has taught me how I want to be whined and dined. So it's kind of good to go out on your own and practice being on a date with yourself to know what you want out of it, to really give yourself some space and be able to be confident and find your own self-worth with spending time alone. Does that make sense? Sort of like being alone gives you maybe some anxiety when you think about that. Going out alone might give you a little bit of anxiety thinking about what you look like. You know, we always worry, oh, what do I look like? I'm going to, people are going to think I'm alone. Who gives a fuck? Aren't we all alone? Essentially, in some way, shape or form, finding comfort in being alone is an invaluable skill. And it will be uncomfortable for a little bit. But as we know, that's where you grow. Those discomfort zones, like we talked about on the last episode or the episode before last. I think it was the last. doesn't matter. It was the most recent episode of this podcast where we talked about that. So, I went alone to dinner and I just happened upon this place in Hollywood. It's called the little door. Holy fungal. This restaurant made me eat slow. I ate slowly. It was so delicious. I had a hamachi crudite. I think they called it. I had oysters you know, I had some fucking oysters and the oysters had this like cilantro chimichurri sauce in it. I know cilantro is a very dividing spice for a lot of people or herb. It it divides the room. It's kind of like the, it's, it's, it's a political herb, if you will. (laughs) If you mention it in a room, you're going to really divide it. But I love cilantro. The oysters, the hamachi, and then, you know, I got some filet. It was one of the most decadent meals I have had in so long. And as I'm sitting down and eating and I didn't order alcohol and it was very hard for me because the one place I love having some alcohol is wine with dinner. I'm a paisan. I love a little fucking vino with my dinner. You know, it's, it's, it's cultural. It's, it's ritualistic. It's, it's an accoutrement to the meal. Sometimes alcohol can bling bling out the flavors, can bling out the flavors. But I said no, because I'm committed to the month. I'm committed to the month. I've got 12 more days. (laughs) I might even go all the way to when I have my next brain scan with Dr. Daniel Amen, which is on November 15th. I think I might not have a drip of alcohol until I have that scan. And see what we and see what what's under the hood, okay? Because if there's no changes, Doc, I'm going back to red wine. Gonna be honest, even though it hurts my soul, hurts my body. Going back to red wine doesn't hurt my soul. Actually, it just hurts my body. I I may enjoy some rosé. If there's absolutely no zero change, I'm gonna have some day rosé. But so as I'm eating, I look over and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. It was Bill Maher of um. Why can't I think of the name of his show? Real, real, real talk, real time, real time with Bill Maher. New, new rules. I love him. Stand up comedian, pot smoker. Um, I think his show has been uh, a vital show on on television and for the landscape that we, you know, are able to have an open conversation from both ends on his show. And I enjoy that. And he's a stand-up comedian, you know, and just the fact that he does comedy and smokes weed and is open about that. I feel a kindredness towards him. So I just thought it was cool. I'm sitting here alone looking at him. He's having dinner with his buddies and I just continued to eat my dinner and, and enjoy myself. And in my purse that was stolen, do you guys remember that? My, my, my Louis Vuitton bag that I first bought when I first moved to LA first big gift I got myself was stolen out of the backseat of my car. It was my own fault. I left it there. Dumb move, you know, especially in this time where people are a little bit more desperate coming out of COVID. Everyone's lost a lot of money and jobs. I am not by any stretch defending the fucking person who stole my bag. I'm only saying I get it. And I should have been 
It was my bad. I should have been a little bit more on the game. They caught me slipping. I Inside that bag, I had these little note cards that my sister had given me. And it was like a little box of these blank note cards. And on the side, there's like a little horse. And it was these little cards that you, I don't know if you ever wanted to write down your number or a little message to somebody, you have it. And I, I've always kind of traveled with something like that. You never know when you see somebody or when you're going to see somebody that you know or someone that you want to know, maybe somebody struggling, maybe a guy you think is cute. These little notes are great to carry around in your bag so you can, instead of giving somebody your number in a cell phone or saying, oh, follow me on Instagram, you can write a note. I think it's a cool way to connect with somebody in a non-evasive way and the first time I thought about doing this was when I was bartending in Soho, New York at this place called the Soho Room or the Room on the corner of Spring and Sullivan. There's still a bar there you can go to. They've destroyed the the vibe of the place because there's these terrible printed out pictures that are attached to the walls with tape and you know, Labatt blue beer signs all over the place. Like we get it. It's a bar. We know. We don't need alcohol signs at a bar. Okay, unless you're a cool old bar like Puffy's Tavern where I also used to work. Those beer signs are wicked cool because they're vintage. Other than that, you don't need bar signs. We don't need the blinking Coors sign, the neon sign in your window. We understand it's a bar. We can tell. So this place is just ramsacked with terrible decor now. Maybe it's changed. I could be wrong. But this one night I was working in the back room. And I also used to, it, I was bussing tables. Well, not bussing. I was a, a table girl, you know, like a waitress and selling bottles for an exorbitant amount of money. And Nas was there. We would get a lot of famous people because it was a really cool, quiet bar in Soho and people wouldn't fuck with them. And so he was there chilling the whole night. I was his waitress. I didn't say anything to him when he walked in, didn't say anything to him while, while I was serving him was just smiling and cracking jokes, being myself. And then when he asked for the check on the back of the check, I added a piece of paper and I just wrote down how much I loved his music, how his music exposed me to culture, a culture that, you know, I didn't know a lot about, but I learned through his music and thanked him, you know, just thanked him for his art and, and, and basically being the Tesla of rap. I always thought that I always thought that Jay-Z was Edison and Nas was Tesla. And if you understand the reference, you understand. If you know, you know. So I wrote this note and I, and I left. And then he calls me over and said, you know, most people get up in my face. They want to, they want to give me a demo. They want to, you know, be my best friend. They grab me. And he's like, this was a very respectful way to show some respect. And I appreciate it. And so from that day on, I always had a, a notepad or something in my bag or wherever I was going in case those instances came about and cut back to the little door this past weekend with Bill Maher sitting across from me. I had two notes left because I had kept a couple in my wallet, which by chance was not in my purse that night that it was stolen, but the box of note cards was. So I had two note cards left in my wallet and I don't really do this with famous people. I I know a bunch of them, so it's different for me because I work with them and I don't get starstruck often. There's only a couple people who I would lose my mind meeting. Stamos, I probably wouldn't lose my mind at this point. We know about each other. Jim Carrey, I probably would be completely muted. I would become a, a deaf mute person. I would be like, I it would be like if if I had taken too many edibles. I think that would be my reaction if I met Jim Carrey. So. I felt the the urge and the desire to write him a little note. And I said, thank you for doing what you do. Uh, from a fellow comedian and stoner, Jesse May. I had said, you know, wrote that down. I paid my, my bill. And as I was going to leave, I walked over to his table and I just slid him the note. I was like, I'm a fan of your work and I didn't want to interrupt your dinner. So here's a little message for you. And I go to walk away and he's like, wait, 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 that's it. And I go back over and I was like, well, I didn't want to interrupt your, your meal. 
you know? And he was like, well, you could have had dinner with us. It was funny. And so, you know, we were just chatting and he was like, what are you doing? What are you doing tonight? Or, you know, like you're having dinner alone. I was like, well, I'm also a comedian. I have a set to go do. And I like to have dinner by myself sometimes, you know, I was like, I'm on my, I'm microdosing with psilocybin right now and just sort of enjoying the scenery. I wanted to just have some dinner in between my two sets and enjoy the psilocybin, which is a detail I probably left out in the beginning of the story. And he, he told me about when he, last time he took psilocybin, he had to do like a 20 minute set and he only ended up doing 11 thinking he had done his full time and got off stage and people were like, you, you jumped the light by 10 minutes. So it was a, it was a funny little bonding moment. And he was like, well, I hope you have a good set and all of that. So it felt good to like have, you know, this connection with him, which, you know, we probably would have had if I didn't even write the note, but the note was, um, I think just a non invasive way to connect with somebody. So just a little, you know, a little word of advice to have in your bag. If you're, traveling around you never know who you're going to run into your 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 first wife who blocked you on facebook i mean you never know so keep yourself prepared for the unknown so let's get into the theme of this episode which i would like to start doing for you guys because there's so much i want to talk about and i have so many notes written down for other things and i thought well let's put it into the podcast let's let's put some Let's put some ideas into the podcast that I have in my notebook that currently are sitting there. So today we're going to talk about five ways to learn how to love yourself. And it sounds very woo-woo, but I think we're discovering that this is becoming more of a conversation for us and we're realizing the value. And what does that mean to learn how to love yourself? Don't, you, don't I already love myself? I don't think, I don't think we understand what that means because so many of us were raised in a way that we were forced to survive our our circumstance as opposed to just living and, and having a childhood. A lot of us had to overcome adversity and trauma and abuse and neglect and what have you. So we didn't really learn early on how to love ourselves because the people who raised us didn't love their, them themselves. So it's very difficult to learn something from somebody who doesn't themselves feel that they need to learn it or even have awareness that, that it's not a part of, of their, of their life already. So, you know, I, I got inspiration from this because I saw the photo and maybe some of you have seen the photo of Gwen Stefani, whose face has changed abruptly. And I'm not here to hate on women. I'm not here hating on what women do to their face. It was alarming to see the difference because the thing that seems to be happening with a lot of women is they're all starting to look alike. There's something happening in the entertainment industry with women who are in the entertainment industry who all are starting to look alike. And it's easy to point fingers at the Kardashians. They may be the pioneers of this new beauty standard where aside from the natural evolution of your face that occurs when you age, now there's this added level of your face changing due to surgery and due to procedures that you are doing that are literally changing the bone structure of your face. And look, live and let live. You don't like your jaw, get a new jaw. But the more time you spend putting stuff into your face, the less time I think you're spending putting and dealing with evolving your soul, putting effort into evolving your soul. I, I think it, there should be a real limit to what you're doing to your face. And if you're not equally educating yourself or further educating yourself or, or, or getting into some sort of self-care routine, it's, it's going to be a slippery slope. It's going to be a slippery slope. At what point is it enough? 
I feel like so many women now have like facial dysmorphia. She was beautiful. And I have to say it, she fucked up her face. I really think she fucked up her face. I don't know what she did to it. It looks inflated. It, it looks unnatural. It looks like if she, it looks like if she were in the ocean that her face would keep her afloat. And I'm not trying to talk shit. I am in shock. When I saw it, I was like, damn, there is a, a an obvious difference here. And it made me think, it made me think, does she not love herself? Is this what happens? Like we get older and we feel the pressure of, of age and we're looking around at what everyone else is doing in these, in, in these Instagram filters and everything. And instead of us focusing on getting some books or taking some time and space or spending some time with loved ones in our community, we're putting shit in and taking shit out of our face. And at what point does it become enough? And what causes this? And in my mind, it feels like women are succumbing to this invisible standard that is based on lies. So many of the photos we see have been doctored. Even the doctors can't get your face to what the photos are. And it's a billion dollar industry, just the face alone. And then if you want to open up the the level of procedures that are done, we can't, I'm not even going to start to talk about the jelly butt phenomenon that's happening where people are getting so much injected into their ass. The thing looks like the inside of one of those soap, those like soapy things that you grab that keeps moving and you can't quite grab it. That's what everyone's ass is starting to look like. So I'm, I'm in shock at what Gwen Stefani has done to her face. I felt the same way about Demi Moore you know, Renee Zellweger got some people talking shit about her as well because she changed her face. I think there's, it's hard for women to age gracefully because of the comparing, the comparing that happens. I think social media has added a level of facial and body dysmorphia that otherwise wouldn't have existed without it. And it makes me sad because what are we what are we trying to accomplish in my mind they want to feel better about themselves right they want to feel confident but it seems like the only way they can feel confident is to look like everyone else isn't that the very definition of comparison like you're literally comparing your face to other people's face we're not all meant to look alike we are not meant to look alike. You know, we don't all, we aren't all attracted to the same person. And and I really am interested to see what men have to say about this. Straight men who are attracted to women. What are your thoughts on the the surgery that women get? And are there men out there who like an overly affected face? Maybe there are. To each, to each to each his own or her own. This just as a woman hit me and it made me go, oh, not Gwen. Her face was so beautiful. And and it also raises the conversation that we don't see ourselves the way the rest of the world sees ourselves. Literally, what we're looking at is a reflection. We'll, We'll only be able to see our reflection. We'll never be able to see our face as it is. And that's why when you look at your face in photos, it looks weird to you because you're seeing your face as it is. It looks, you know, you start to have the the thing where you say, oh, my good side, this is my good side. Well, that's only because of the way you look in the mirror. You're going side to side and you're seeing your reflection and, and you're, you're literally, even a mirror distorts your beauty. So this made me think about ways to love yourself and ways to love myself and things I've incorporated into my world in my life and my daily existence to help me stay on a steady path of self-care, which is the recipe for self-love. And this is vital. 
it is in my mind a non-negotiable and there's a quote that I love I think it's by Dr. Hyman Mark Hyman I could be wrong and we've we've talked about it before to create um, a boundary around your health that is non-negotiable that's what Dr. Hyman says. Create a boundary around your health that is non-negotiable. So for me, these things are non-negotiables. And it's a list that I wrote. There's many more ways to love yourself, and we can get into that in another episode. There's only so much I could fit into one episode. But number one, read books. Read books. Step away from the Netflix. Step away from your your phone where you're scrolling for an hour. What have you learned scrolling for an hour? A a headline in some, you know, motivational quote. What have you really learned? You know, reading is so vital. You, there's countless books and categories and genres for you to pick from. And for me, you know, novels are a great way to go to sleep there is science backing that when you read a non-fiction, it stimulates your brain. You know, it sort of turns on that education mode where your brain's like, we're, Ooh, we're going to learn something. Let's take some notes. And it, it's stimulating. So at nighttime, if you read a novel, it can help you go to sleep because your brain, it, it activates a different part of your brain and your brain creates this world and, I'm sure some of you have experienced that when you're reading at night and it's a, a novel that you can fall asleep with the book in your hand. For me, I experienced that on a personal level. I can't read nonfiction at night because I'm too invigorated and interested in, in learning and it doesn't help me sleep whatsoever. So I wrote down four of my favorite nonfiction books and one memoir that I just finished that was so fantastic. I read it slowly kind of like how I ate my meal at the little door in these little bites because I, I didn't want it to end. So one book that I have mentioned many times that I discovered from doing my friend Leo Flowers podcast, um, Before You Kill Yourself, is An Untethered Soul. And An Untethered Soul is a book that I keep on my coffee table. I keep it there because it's something you can go back to and reference. It is just, I think it's a book that everyone should have. It's an untethered soul, the journey beyond yourself by Michael Allen singer. And it's become a Bible for me. It's really changed the way that I think about myself. Uh, It's changed how I am in the world and it's brought uh, a deep level of self-awareness and uh, a deep level of self-understanding that I would uh, have never come to otherwise. So check that book out and get a highlighter and also get a journal with it. It's a really great book to read in small bits and sort of consume and sit with what you've read so that you can unpack what it means to you. It's, for me, not a book that I could and want to read in one sitting because there's so much to get from it. So I would suggest getting a journal and you will for sure have epiphanies about yourself. For sure, you will have epiphanies about yourself. The next book is... The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I've, I know I've talked about this book. I, I listened to it on tape, this particular book. But for anybody who struggles with, you know, procrastination, which is not a bad thing. There's a lot of studies that show that procrastination is actually, in fact, a part of the creative process. But there are some people who are just lazy as fuck and can't get out of that rut of doing nothing. And you don't realize that you might be suffering from addiction or you you might be doing things subconsciously that are keeping you in this perpetual state of nothingness. This book really opens up why we do what we do and how to change and create new habits that can 
help you actually achieve what you want to achieve. Highly recommend. Another book that I'm just beginning to get into again for myself is Awake the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. That one's a book that so many people, high-functioning CEOs, entrepreneurs, uh, nerds, people who, you know, want to better themselves. It's it's probably like the most quintessential self-help book there could be. It's It's a standard... I feel like it's something that everyone should have in their collection. And um, you're also going to need a highlighter for that one as well. And maybe even a notebook to take some notes. There's a lot. That book is a lot. So be mindful of reading that book for sure. Another book that I'm reading right now that is so fucking great. I I don't know why it took me so long to find this book because it really speaks to me personally It's uh, called Unfuck Yourself, (laughs) Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Life by Gary John Bishop. Listening to it on tape right now, I can't stop writing notes. It is so great. It's so well written and very relatable and consumable. That's a great one to put on your car and your commute. But if you're somebody who likes to take notes like I am, you want to be mindful of that, obviously you know, you, you don't want to get into a car accident because you're taking notes about how to unfuck yourself because you literally just fucked yourself. So you don't want to fuck yourself by reading how to unfuck yourself. Um, unfuck yourself. So that great book and the memoir I just finished that was so unbelievable. The story was so unbelievable. I haven't felt this way since reading that memoir that ended up being a farce called A Million Little Pieces. I don't know if anyone ever read that. That memoir back in the day became, uh, you know, this best-selling memoir by James Frey. And it was so well written. It was so wild and crazy what happened to him. And then Oprah fucking found out that James Frey was a lying piece of shit. Sorry, probably not a piece of shit. Just somebody who needed some extra love. But this this book that I just read had that effect on me. But it is a true story by Tara Westover. It's called Educated. And I don't want to say too much about what goes on in this girl's life. So much happens to her and it's such a repeated amount of abuse, surprisingly non-sexual abuse. I say surprisingly because we hear so much about sexual abuse. The types of abuse she endured was creative (laughs) and the fact that she came from where she came from and was able to create an education for herself and become such a prolific writer. She was so maybe prolific isn't the right word. Actually, read her book and in, in, in see because the way she writes is, you can tell she was meant for it. She is such a, a beautiful writer. So those are the books that I have read that have helped me, that I keep by my nightstand, that I keep on my coffee table, that I suggest to friends. Um, so I hope you guys find some value in that. Now, number two, a way to learn to love yourself. Pick up some hobbies. Have some fun. Do something non-work related. Fuck, this life is short. You can't spend it your whole time working. Oh, it's easy for you to say. No, fuck. With that attitude, sure. I'm sick of people giving themselves excuses on why they're not accomplishing something or, or taking a risk on themselves. And I say that to myself. You know, this is coming from from me to me. So pick up some hobbies. It was funny. I Googled hobbies for women and it basically is all things to keep us in the house. So I think maybe hobbies were created by men for us to not leave the house and I'm not even mad at it. There's baking, cleaning, gardening. It's like you can, t- oh, cute, cute. Have your cute little hobbies, but don't leave the fucking house, bitch. Make sure dinner's ready. Cooking. But th- these are things that require you to use your hands and problem solve and it's it can be very meditative so i'm picking up pottery (laughs) very excited i'm gonna do pottery what happened to me don't think i'm not gonna be stoned 
having my own ghost moment. Absolutely. If Patrick Swayze doesn't come up behind me while I am making pottery, I'm going to be fucking pissed. If I don't feel the ghost of Patrick Swayze spooning me while I am spinning the spool, going to be fucking pissed off. I'm going to be pissed. Okay. I'm not going to be able to handle it. So you better show up Swayze. Don't, don't jip me. Don't jip me on my ghost visit. Um, pick up some hobbies. Honestly, pick up some freaking hobbies. It could be anything that you have been saying you want to do for a while or, you know, just something that scares you. I would suggest doing something that scares you. There's so many different things out there for you to enjoy. And life is way too short to just keep running in that hamster wheel and running this fucking rat race. Even if it's just five fucking minutes of something other than work or whatever it is that you are in, you know, indebted to in your day-to-day existence. Number three, uh, way to learn to love yourself. Meditation. I do it every single day. There's only been a couple times where I've missed it. And when I miss doing it, I feel the effects. It is a practice. There's no, you know, real right or wrong way to do it. It's a matter of you finding value in it and learning that it's it's not about you controlling your thoughts. If I can describe it, it's more about as your thoughts come in into your mind, you gently bat them away like they're helium balloons in a room. And eventually less balloons will come into your space while you're meditating and you'll be able to focus on your breath and discover the real value of meditation. I do take it back that there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's challenging ways and beneficial ways to approach meditation. And there's so many different types of meditation. Again, you don't have to do a full hour. I remember when I first thought thought about meditating, I was like, I can't meditate for an hour. I don't have that fucking kind of time. And I just started with five minutes. I, you know, there's guided apps. There's the Calm app, Headspace. I use Insight Timer. Insight Timer is something I've used for a couple years now. There's guided meditations. There's meditations with just music. There's uh, voice and music. There's just voice, sound baths, which sounds like, you know, something that happens where you're like in a bathtub and there's no water, but it's just people whispering to you, which sounds nice and scary. Sounds like a Halloween spa day. Um, There's so many different ways you can meditate. And also breathing exercises, which is a form of meditation and sound baths. There's, there's a little bit of something for everybody. You don't have to do a full fucking hour. Start with five minutes. I guarantee you, you will work up to longer time. I, it, it depends on my day, but I do a minimum of 20 minutes in the morning. And it sounds like a lot, but it's, it's really not. And if I can do it with my ADD and you know, the anxiety that I used to have, you can do it too. Start small, start slow. And I guarantee you will find a benefit from it. You just have to stick with it. It's it's not something that you immediately see a result. It's a practice. It's meant to be done daily. And the more you do it, the easier it is and the deeper you can go. Uh, the number four way to learn to love yourself is to seek some therapy. We all need some therapy especially the ones who say, oh, I don't need therapy. You fucking need therapy, bro. You need therapy. We all need therapy. There's professional therapy where you sit and talk with somebody, traditional conversational therapy. There's, um, you know, more progressive types of therapy. There's sexual abuse. People who specialize in sexual abuse. There's people who specialize in childhood trauma and all different areas of of mental health have professionals who specialize in these different categories. It's a matter of you finding and searching them out. And also word of mouth is great. Ask your friends because I guarantee a lot of people are going to therapy that don't really talk about it because there is still some what of a shame umbrella around it all. But don't feel shameful about it. There's also other forms of therapy that are non-traditional that I incorporate into my life, going out in nature. Nature is a therapist in of herself. And I'm sure you guys have experienced it when you're on a lake or 
the river or an ocean or on a hike in the woods, up in a mountain, the desert, nature has an amazing way to provide us with this unspoken type of therapy. And because we are of it, I feel like it connects with us on a very deep, visceral level. So get yourself out in nature. There's also friend time. Spending time with your friends is a form of therapy. You just want to be mindful of not dumping all of your shit on them. There's obviously a great benefit to getting advice from your friends, but there's also a real value in asking if they have space to hold for you, for you to vent. So often we vent without asking our friends, hey, are you in a space where I can unleash my demons on you right now? It's like, yeah, thanks for asking and not ruining my lunch. So often we can ruin people's day with dumping our our um, own thoughts on on someone without even asking if they're willing to accept it. So just make sure you're asking your friends if they have space to receive before you dump it all on them. And these are all things that I've considered for myself. And number five, probably I think for myself, the most important way to learn to love yourself is exercise. Now, it's not that when you do exercise, you're going to love yourself immediately, but what you're going to do is increase your dopamine, increase your serotonin, and what I like to call burn out the demons in the morning. Burn out the bitch. That's what I do when I go to the gym. I got to burn out the bitch because when sometimes you wake up and the thoughts are there, the thoughts that are negative and the thoughts that serve no purpose, the thoughts that aren't true, the thoughts that are tied to your past trauma, the thoughts that are tied to your parents' past trauma, and they're not even fucking alive. There's a lot tethered to us that we're holding on to that can be remedied. And when we remedy these emotional barnacles through reading and hobbies and meditation and therapy and exercise, we're able to come into our space from a little bit of a base level. It takes it takes a village. They, t- they say it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village for a person to love themselves. And this is, these are my village people. And this is just a handful of my village people. But I do think exercise is one of the most important forms of therapy. It's vital. And like 30 minutes, three times a week at minimum. You don't even have to do something aggressive. You don't have to weight train, although there is a lot of science surrounding uh, people who do weight train with their cognitive ability and being able to live healthier and longer and have their brain firing a little bit sharper and having just a longer quality of life. You know, strength training is a form of exercise that actually creates new neurological pathways in your brain. But if you just have time to walk and hey, you walk for half an hour, put on my podcast. Put on some podcasts you like to listen to. You can listen to a couple of those books that I recommended on on um, audio. So there's ways you can combine these therapies. Go for a hike in nature and listen to a podcast. You know, that's not something that I, I would recommend doing because I think listening to nature is meditative. But hey, if you are crunched for time, do it. I think any way you can combine these things, you're going to unpack and untangle the sort of emotional barnacles that are in most of our souls that are, you know, that come from our parents, that our parents have downloaded on us, these preconditioned ways of thinking, the things that society puts on us, like we were talking about earlier with with Gwen Stefani and and women that are starting to change the looks of their face and, and, and people are getting just an exorbitant amount of surgery, you know, all of these sort of things that are pulling us away from our true being don't help us learn to love ourselves more. It, it pulls us away from our source and from our spirit and from our energy. And I think it's, you know, it pulls us away from our source and from, from, from experiencing or being able to experience some real self love. So I think if you start to unpack a little bit and, incorporate some healthier habits that's that is the the groundwork for self-love and it these are things that I've done that have helped me learn to love myself deeper and in 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 doing that you become more present I have found my way back to joy 
for the first time in a really long time. And it has taken a lot of incorporation and commitment. And it's not without growing pains. It's not without these moments of realization, realizing things about yourself that you've been doing or how you've been acting or thoughts you've had and realizing the source of those things can cause an immense amount of pain because that pain essentially is you releasing the shackles that that realization has had on you because you're able to be aware of it. And when you become aware of it, you lessen its power. And when you lessen its power, you loosen its grip. And once we start to loosen the grip of, of these, I'm calling them emotional barnacles, we're starting to let go of the weight. There's this saying, I can't remember who said it, but we don't realize how heavy it is what we're carrying until we put it down. So these are things that I've incorporated into my life that have helped me put down the things that have weighed me down. And I feel lighter. And when you feel lighter, you exude love. And that starts to permeate through all aspects of your life. So these five things are things I've incorporated. I hope they help you along your self-love journey. You deserve it. And it is a possible experience for you and I want it for you. So I'll leave some links in the show notes, uh, the, the book links. I will leave a couple links for each of the topics that we discussed, reading, picking up hobbies, meditation, therapy, and exercise. So you guys have some resources and I hope this helped you. And if you have any suggestions for topics for upcoming episodes, I am open. I'm all ears. Jesse May Peluso comedy at gmail.com. And I hope you have a great fucking day. Learn to love yourself. Life will become so much easier. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.